What's the spread? Did the spread come down a bit on Wisconsin, Maryland? What's the line? Well, what's the line? Yeah, last time I looked, it was at four and a half. Wisconsin was favored. Game opened at about five and a half for the Badgers. Game open, man. All right, so I, the news, the news, I believe it was on Monday or Tuesday was when Mike Loxley came out and said, yeah, Talia Tagovailoa is going to play, which I think everyone kind of figured. On but to start, you. That official news the line pretty much dropped the point right after that. All right, let's see here. I'll pull it up really quick. Uh, yes, Wisconsin by five. I'm seeing right here. Oh, it's an over under a fi- uh, 49. This is what I'm just looking at. Could be different some places else. So, uh, listening to Kenny and Heilprin last night, I was in attendance. That's why I was, you know, had a, a toot, a, a cute ear. A toot ear? A toot, a cute ear. As I was sipping my gigantic big spotted cows at the great happy hour that is uh. Monks of Some Prairie. Bill Nagy, awesome guy, you know, former lineman, Badger, NFLer. Yeah. We were talking a little about Graham Mertz and him saying that he loves the rain. Yeah. Why would you say that? I don't know. Do you think a quarterback truly loves the rain? Because if, if it's kind of a lose-lose situation if you say you love the rain. Because then if you go out there in the elements, it's windy and rainy, and you maybe throw a couple picks or you can't connect to your wide receiver, then people are going to be like, what's going on here? Graham Mertz, though, this year, Maybe boys. Maybe he meant I'm only happy when it rains. Well, big garbage fan. Yeah. If it was going to be 120 From degrees Madison. on the first game of the season, and it was going to be a real scorcher, it was like a you know desert-type weather, I'm sure Graham Mertz would come out there publicly and say, I love the heat. <laughs> He's a guy that says all the right things, right? Like He always, no matter what, he loves this, loves that, no matter what's happening. Yeah. No one else could could stand 120 degrees with Wisconsin's, you know, humid temperature. But Graham Mertz would be the one to say, I love, love the it. heat. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna throw okay, the here's ball a, all over. Here's a, here's a spin zone. Our guy Lit Bucky says the reason why he said he loves the rain is so he doesn't have to throw the ball because it's raining. He's got to hand it off. That's why he loves the rain. He has screwed up a handoff before. I will say this, though. A couple times. Graham Mertz has been playing pretty well this year. He has. I would say it's easily his best year. Yeah. So but you would like, think that going along, being a true freshman in 19 that then got a red shirt in, in after the 2019-2020 season, he then comes back and is the starter in 2020, but then everybody gets a red shirt season due to COVID. And now 2021 was his third year. We're talking about a fourth-year quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's been in the system for four years. He's been starting now. This is his third year. Yeah, I would expect this to be his best season yet. If it's not... They need to be in the transfer portal yesterday. <laughs> I mean, Graham Mertz, how long can Graham Mertz te- potentially be here I think for? he's got two more years. Because he got the COVID years. Because he got his first red shirt in 1920, and yeah. then he gets his second red shirt from COVID in ni- uh, 2021. So, let's see here. What has Wisconsin been doing? Now, Maryland gives up yardage through the air. Again, yeah. though, it's going to be... 260 yards a game. It's going to be very windy yeah. and rainy. 120 on the ground. So, I mean, what has Wisconsin been doing these past couple games to find a little rhythm? Play action. I don't think they did Wildcat last game. Nope. They, what are they, they've been passing early, then pounding the rock. What? No. Yes and no. There's been games where they haven't been passing early, but they still, they still have the threat of they put the play action. What's the only one they on, didn't do that for? Michigan State? I yeah, feel like yeah. this is a pretty easy one here, breaking it down. Don't allow Maryland to throw the football all over and whip it. Be able to establish the run with Braylon Allen. There you go. Or Isaac Garendo, your buddy. Yeah. Hey, big props to him for not going down with uh, any major injuries this year. Yeah. 
Well, Maryland's run defense ranks ninth in the Big Ten. Uh, the only team Maryland has seen this season as committed to the run as Wisconsin is Michigan, and the Wolverines had 243 yards on the ground. Yeah, and that's not an outlier that's bringing that uh, that average up. What's Wisconsin's best win this year? Wisconsin's best win? I think it might Purdue? be Purdue. Purdue? Yeah. I mean, it's not Northwestern. The, I mean, it's not Illinois score, State. The score was closer than the game indicated. Oh, yeah. That it game, was a pure and utter butt whooping. Yeah. Like, Purdue got one free touchdown at a minimum in that game. And by the way, Purdue... We all saw that review. We all saw the game, the, the play live. There's no way in hell that that was yes. a freaking touchdown on fourth and goal. The guy, when he reached it out, was still a half yard short on any angle that you could ever see. And by mm-hmm. the way, Purdue beat Maryland earlier this year. It's 31 to 29. Yes. Maryland has played, let's see here, Buffalo, Charlotte, SMU, lost then to Michigan, beat Michigan State, then lost to Purdue, and then beat Indiana. Yeah, you look at their schedule. And then beat Northwestern. Their their best win is probably SMU. Yeah, I was like, who's, who have they played? SMU is not a bad American team. Yeah. They score a ton of points. So, I mean, that was a game that I remember because I think we were actually on Maryland. I think Maryland was a two-and-a-half-point favorite, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, you can go back and check. But, uh, yeah, that was supposed check to be a high-goring shootout. High scoring shootout and uh, Maryland ended up winning it. Now Maryland, they have Wisconsin obviously tomorrow, and then they go and take on Penn State, and then they have Ohio State, and then they finish the year out with Rutgers. So yeah, um, Maryland really has. I would they're, say they're, right they're, now, they're one that could end up having the same overall record as Wisconsin at the end of the year. Yeah. I would say right now, if you look at it, Maryland's played the easier schedule outside of Michigan, but Wisconsin Wisconsin has played Ohio State. They've played Illinois, which is more and more looking like the team that's going to represent the West in the Big Ten championship game. They also played Purdue, but instead of losing, they won. If you do want to look at a common opponent, I will say this. Northwestern put up 216 yards rushing on them. And that was and that's weird because that was right before a bye, too. Yeah. So, like, they're all in because they got a week to rest up right. and do everything. 216 yards. That and it Evan was home. Hall, uh, they're Basically, Northwestern's only playmaker had 119 yards rushing. And it was home. It was in yeah. Maryland. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so the two common opponents that you speak of, you have, well, one, Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin whipped them. Yeah. Maryland struggled. They won, but they struggled. Yeah. Another one, Maryland loses a close game to Purdue. Wisconsin beat the brakes off of Purdue, and like we just said, that game was more yeah. out of hand than what the score even says. Michigan the only States. other real crossover here is Michigan State. Now, they beat Michigan State by two touchdowns. Wisconsin lost in overtime, but those games were two weeks apart, and if you remember, after that Maryland game, Michigan State started getting players back yeah. and started getting yeah. uh, some of their uh, defensive guys that like almost their entire team on defense at one point was injured. Yes. They started getting guys back those last couple of weeks leading up to Wisconsin. Wisconsin still should have won that freaking yeah. game. And now all of a sudden you got more guys hurt and suspended for Michigan State. Yeah. And now, speaking of people coming back, Nick Herbig, I think, might be playing here on Saturday. Uh, Jim Leonard said he and Hunter Waller yeah, are Waller available and will play. So oh, and that's a huge boost. That's 
you look at that defense, you would have said, it, "Look what it did versus Purdue," and he wasn't even playing. Right. Well, <laughs> just in just in general, when you looked at this defense at the start of the season, Nick Herbig was your best player. Mm-hmm. Keanu Benton was your second best player. Yep. John Torchio was probably your third best player. Yeah, Torch. Hunter Waller could have possibly been your fourth best defensive player coming into the season from what he had done in the past and what you were hoping for and some of the praise that Jim Leonard gave him. You could arguably getting your fourth best player on defense back. And and it's only going to make your weakest part of your unit stronger because we've talked about all season. It's been the secondary. Now, not maybe not necessarily the safety position, but, you know, having three good safeties will help. Right. And then you had Alexander come back uh, for like not doing spot duty versus Purdue. And uh, I mean, uh, what's his face? Ben's favorite big 10 player, the receiver from Purdue. Oh, um, still had 10 catches for a hundred yards. Jones? Yes. Yeah. But like he, he didn't do anything spectacular against Alexander. Well, and then to top it off, we're talking about this crappy rain and this 30 and mile an hour winds. Yep. And Maryland likes to whip the football and has the receivers to do so. Yep. yep. All right. We got Dave Esther coming up. We'll talk more about it coming Looks up. Looks good for the Badgers. Line one, good morning. Who's this? Oh, Mike and Madison, what's up? Oh, Mike. Long time no talk. What's up, brother? Hey, uh, what's with Limp Biscuit 99? Oh, we were t- uh, earlier in the show, we were talking Came about, out. like, that. we think the world, we, the world may have peaked in 1999. Then we went down the music rabbit hole of all the right, albums released in 99. There's so many goodies. And Slim Significant Shady. Other was one of them. Slim Shady came out in 99. Yep, Slim yep. Shady LP, Californication, Chili yeah. Peppers, Make Yourself, Incubus. I don't um, know. I don't know if you can compete with the real Slim Shady. I, <laughs> I, I know, dude. I wish I missed the real Slim Shady. I wish he'd come uh, back. The yeah, rap god? Well, yeah, Eminem now is like... He still, he still is what he is. The Battle of Los <laughs> Angeles, Rage Against the Machine, 99. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Rage Against the Machine. Creed's Human Clay, Blink-182, Anima of the State. Yeah, Enema of the State. Yeah, that came out in 99. Backstreet yeah, Boys Millennium. It had to peak. 99. Britney Spears, yeah. Christina Aguilera. It's all been downhill since. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I can keep going. Ricky Martin. <laughs> I can Ricky keep Martin. going. <laughs> <laughs> Cisco's Unleash the Dragon. That hey, we all, we thong, all thong. that song in 2000. You know, we did. Yeah. So. Put all on right. the Cisco CD. Dr. Dre's 2001 came out in 99. That's not confusing, right, RJ? Not confusing at all. That's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, what's going uh, on, man? What's happening? Nothing, man. Establish the run. Establish the run on a 30-mile-an-hour windy, rainy day. Maryland loves to throw the ball. You guys are all right. I mean, there's nothing really else to discuss. It's an easy breakdown. They love to throw the freaking football. They're not going to be able to. Yeah. Let's hope that. I mean, I hope. Uh, well, okay, Mike. Uh, like, that was an easy one. A two-tutty lead. That was an easy that. one, right? That was an easy one. What's Sunday, though? Packers-Lions. Is that an easy one? No, I'm freaking nervous, Uh-oh. man. I'm a little nervous, too. I'm nervous. Three and a half point spread. I mean, the market's even crashing on the Packers. <laughs> if the Packers lose, just Barry's gone. Joe Barry, the sacrificial lamb. He's he's sacking it. If they lose, Gotta he's be. gone. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that's my hot take. Well, he did get the kiss of death with Lafleur saying, "You know what? He's our guy, and he's we're great. not even thinking about making a change." Look that that just says, well, "You know what? Next you know, week, you could be gone." Did to my boy. You better get it together next week, Barry. That's what that's Barry's going to wake up with a horse head in his bed. Yeah. Lose the Lions, dude. Ah. Oh, let's see. Like Slipknot's uh, debut album came out. What a movie. Is that Godfather 2? That's uh, one. Yeah, it's one with the horse. That's yep. one yeah. oh, with the horse. Okay, yeah. He gives what Fredo a- the kiss of death in number two, though. 
Oh, there you go. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the kiss of death. And yeah. Yeah, that's I knew it was you. You broke you my heart. It was broke you. My yeah. Heart. yeah. Joe, if they, right, so they lose to the Lions. Is is Barry Fredo gets the kiss of death, or does he wake up with the horse headed in his bed? He might have already gotten the kiss of death, though. By he saying, already got the kiss of death because LaFour said, hey, yeah. well, he's our guy. Yeah. So, yeah, he, um, it's I there. Think he already got the kiss of death. He wakes up with the horse head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, well, nice hearing from me, man. We missed it. Nice to hear from you again. Yeah, man. Have a good hey, one, guys. Destiny's Child, too, came out this one, 99. Uh, <laughs> nah, I don't know about that one. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, um, fast forward to Godfather 3. Obviously, the lesser, yeah. the lesser of the three. But if the Packers reel off five straight wins, just when I thought I was out, they, they pull me right back in. This is Captain Handsome right here. Captain, make you money. Our guy, Dave Esler. David, good morning. Good morning, my friend. How are you? David, that's not. Come on. You know I love you, brother. I, I listen. You say that to a lot of your guests. I mean. But I mean it with you, Dave. This is me. This is me you're talking to. But I mean it with you. I mean it with you. I got that. I got, got a lot it. of love to give, Dave, and you get the most of it. What's going on, man? How's it going? Ah, it's been going good the last <laughs> few weeks. We've been we've been winning everything in sight, and even the ones we probably shouldn't. Hey, uh, hey, you got to have some luck, and I'm glad you got some luck on your side. But also, you got a lot of knowledge. Uh, Rowdy, yeah, Rowdy's, Rowdy's been crushing gonna, it this week gonna, too. If you're gonna have a, a good streak, you have to get some of those variance games. Yeah, Rowdy's crushing I mean, it this I week. Mean, Bouncing back from last week, I'll tell you that. Yeah, he's he's doing a good job. He texts me off and on during the week about what I think, and I try not to get too involved because I I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to talk him off the ledge on some of the ones I don't like. So yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm thinking about that. All right, so uh, how about this? I hope you've been thinking about this, Dave. What, we got Wisconsin and Maryland. Wisconsin, I'm looking at as a five point favorite right now. But here's my question for you: as the prolific handicapper that you are. How much weather do you bring into this as it's going to be like 30-mile-per-hour winds and rainy at uh, Camp Randall? What do you think about this game? Um, you know, the, the weather is always the great equalizer. I don't care who's playing. So I'm, I'm inclined to like the, the, the points in that game. Okay. I mean, yeah, I know Maryland gives up a lot of running yardage, and I know that uh, Wisconsin's probably played a little better schedule, but... You know, I, I, I just, you know, I mean, can it, you know, you got turnovers and fumbles and that kind of stuff. And, and certainly the under, I mean, you know, the field goals are not going to be attempted unless they're about extra point length. Maryland actually has a good kicker, but if you've seen Wisconsin's kickers, (laughs) they aren't very good. (laughs) I I, I think you have to like the under, but I'm a little surprised it's still as high as it is, to be perfectly honest. So so get it while you can, eh? The under, then? I I think so. I mean, I don't don't know how how they score that many points, but I I would have to. Yeah, I look at this game kind of as like the spring practice for the pinstripe bowl, to be honest. Damn it! I think I'd actually prefer the Music City Bowl. Oh. Will you meet us? Will you meet us in it might be it might be fifteen or twenty degrees warmer. <laughs> hey, Dave, uh, looking here, <laughs> Mister SEC, that you are a big time matchup right here. Uh, I got to pick your brain a little bit. A little Rocky Top going to Georgia to take on the Bulldogs. What do you think of this? I see Georgia's favored by eight points. 
Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, technically, I mean, depending on which poll you look at, Tennessee's ranked number one and getting eight points. I mean, you know, that's a game where the odds makers uh, and the pollsters clearly disagree. I mean, you know, on a neutral field, if, if that were the line, if that is the line, that would that would that would mean that Georgia would be roughly minus five on a neutral field, and I don't see it. My problem there is everybody in the world is taking Tennessee, or at least I get that vibe. And well, that, a lot of vibes are right out there for Rocky Top, Dave. It just rolls yeah, up the and, tongue. And, and I love Rocky Top, I really do, but it almost looks Sloppy too easy. Too. I mean, um, you know. The Vols are going to go after Georgia with tempo, something they haven't seen. But, you know, Georgia has a lot more than 22 points all year. And I'm not sure. The Tennessee defense, they're both really good against the run. So, yeah. uh, but, but, but Tennessee is vulnerable in the back end. And, and Georgia, can, Georgia can go quick strike. So, if I'm betting that game, I'm actually going to bet Georgia for the first half. I mean, I... I, I, it's, it's almost suicidal. I, I tried to bet against. I, I tried to bet against Tennessee once, so I'm, I'm reluctantly going to take them. Uh, for the first yeah, when you look at that game, I mean, it just has a weird feel to it because Tennessee they give up a ton of yards through the air. I think it's around 300, but Stetson Bennett hasn't really been that good. Georgia probably has played the weaker schedule than Tennessee, but. How many games in a row can Tennessee get up to play a you know a top twenty five opponent and go out there and crush them? And then you have I think it was Hendon Hooker just the other day, basically talking trash about Georgia. Like you don't need to give Georgia any more press not clippings. Good. Not good. No, and I've gotten burned on Georgia a lot of times too. So I don't. I I, I love to watch the game. I'm not sure I'm going to love to invest in the game a whole lot. Sure. I would. I would probably. I would probably take Georgia for the first half. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, it, it's hard. I mean, if I mean they, they don't have all these big buildings in Las Vegas by giving away money. No. And you know, if Tennessee plus eight or whatever the number is or was, is that easy? Um, so be it. it and I hope it is. Cause I hope it is because I do not like Georgia as a fan, but. Um, I I uh, I just don't know that it's that easy. I mean, I look at the Alabama uh, game this week almost similarly. Sure. Um, I I think uh, you know, I mean, there's so much at stake for uh, Georgia and Tennessee. I mean, it's it's yeah. for the right to, it's for the right to probably play Alabama in the SEC championship game. Yeah. And I know Tennessee. If Tennessee hadn't gone down to LSU and beat the tar out of them, I would I would be all over Georgia. But Tennessee has done it before, uh, but uh, Georgia's done it a lot more times. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lay I'm not going to lay eight points, but sure. I will take the first half. Dave Essler joining us right now, pregame.com. Also on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler E S S L E R. A great Twitter follow. Dave, I want to pick your brain on the World Series uh, game six coming up here because Rowdy took something I want to ask you about. But first, I just want to sneak uh, one or two NFL bets in. I have to ask about our Green Bay Packers. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Losers of four in a row, sitting at three and five. A lot of uncertainty in the air. What do you think of our Packers taking on the Detroit Lions Sunday at Ford Field uh, with the spread? What's the spread? You're on the top of your head, right? Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Um, I have to reluctantly take the Lions. Oh, my. David. I'm sorry. You don't, no, I mean, don't apologize I, here. 
I mean, I, I, you know, let's let's substitute the names on you know Green Bay and Detroit. You know, take the history and take everything else off the table and just look at the numbers and just look at you know uh, who's playing and. I think he would take the Lions. I mean, you know, I typically don't like to bet on teams, and I've said this many times, uh, to do something they haven't done before. <laughs> and that would be win a road game by four points. Do you ever get under, like, the desperate times call for desperate measures old thing, like the Packers like are in desperation mode and got to go put the little yeah, but I think that, I think there's just too much off-the-field stuff going on. I mean, you know, obviously everybody's not happy with everybody. Yeah. And... I I mean I I definitely get the fans being upset about not getting a wide receiver, but I also get not getting a wide receiver to some extent because why would you go out and spend a ton of money on uh, an elite wide receiver that's in his prime when you're probably not going to have Aaron Rodgers that much longer anyway? I mean. I'm all into rebuilding, I guess, at this point. Unbelievable. You just want to see the way fall, don't you, Dave? No, not really. I mean, I look at it the same way. I look at that game the same way as, like, I did lose the bet by a half a point. But, like, when the Patriots played the Jets, you know, the 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 Jets just got stomped on for two decades, kind of like the Lions have. <laughs> and, you know, that's motivation enough. You know, they see yeah. blood in the water. Hey, Rowdy just threw up the W over here, by the way, when you said that, Dave, the Jets. Well, that's because I was on the Pats. Yeah. We already threw up the yeah, dog. Well, that was my only loss last week, but I'm glad you were able to, <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm glad you were able to profit from it. Hey, Dave, um, r- really quick, is there just one other NFL game that maybe you can you know give us a little info on? If not, uh, what do you think of you know the World Series for Stroh's uh, Phillies Game 6 or both? Um, I don't care about the World Series. Um, <laughs> from a, from a, I mean, the Astros are going to win. I mean, that, I'm, I'm over it after last night. Um, <laughs> Did you have money on it? No. Okay. Game by game by game. <laughs> I mean, the pre-series price was Astros minus 200. I'm not one of the things I never do, especially in the playoffs, is bet against momentum. I mean, is is Houston the better team? Yes, of course. But you know, momentum is a very tough thing to bet against, and the Phillies had it coming in. I mean, it's it's like the NFL. You, you always get that one team that wins three or four in the end, and they're just they're just playing well at the right time. Yeah. And they end up, you know, I, I look at my, my 2007 Patriots going for the undefeated season. Were they the better team than the Giants? Absolutely. But did the Giants just get hot at the right time? Patriots get a little cocky at the right time. Whoopsie. Yeah, you must so not I, like Eli Manning. I feel like you and Eli might have a love-hate relationship, more of a hate relationship. We do. We do. We absolutely do because everybody talks about Eli being the, all this. And honestly, if it wasn't for uh, a Rob Gronkowski injury in one Super Bowl and a, and a David Tyree catch on a play that should have been called back for holding anyway. Um, he's he's over in the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey Dave, can you sneak one more NFL bet in for us before I, I unfortunately uh, have to let you yeah, go? Yeah, I like I, absolutely. I like the Falcons. Um, you know, I mean the Chargers have had a week off, but I think they got too much going on to to fix in a week there. I mean, uh, the Chargers. If I'm going to take a road team, I would prefer they know how to play defense, and and the Chargers just don't. And now you have uh, Joey Bosa out and J.C. Jackson out, and those are two uh, all-pro guys off of a defense that was not very good to begin with. And, uh, and you, now, you and Rowdy both on the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen's out now, too. So it's shocking. 
And I think that uh, Cordell Patterson might come back for Atlanta. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts finally showed up last week. I could go on and on, but, you know. That, but at last, Falcons, we're a victim of Falcons, time. The Falcons won ugly last week, and, and their DJ Moore is on their Christmas list forever. But um, they're also in first place, and, you know, they were, they were, or we had them in a rebuilding mode at the beginning of the year. I don't think they're in rebuilding mode anymore. I think they're, <laughs> you know, their next three games are against the Panthers, Washington, and Chicago, so they're all winnable. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they're, I think this is a WTF game. Wrong team favored. <laughs> Dave, never WTF. What the, when we're with you, we love you, buddy. Uh, hey. hey well, yes, sir. You going to golf? Probably. I, I shouldn't, though, because I probably hit the best shot of my life last week. Oh, and, yeah, and then a high yeah. note. Oh, before this, I have to ask, uh, before, really quick, how was the trunk or treating? You you were Moses or Noah? No, it was Noah. Noah. How'd it go? Yeah. Did you bring your own ark? Yeah. Um, I, they all knew who I was, unfortunately, and there are pictures. Oh, so, I got to go send something. I would, I, I, would send, I would send you one, but with... With your national reach, I would prefer that you just stay between you and I. And I don't know that we've developed I, that. Dave, I won't put anything out there. I'll just put myself tanning my balls again out there. I won't put you out as no, okay? <laughs> <laughs> See you, Dave. We love you, man. I love you guys, too. Well, LaFleur has asked the Lions that last in the NFL defensively. What say you? There's teams that have been pretty opportunistic, and I know that they've had some breakdowns, but it seems like are starting to rectify a lot of that. I think they took a more simplistic approach uh, the last couple of weeks. And so regardless, I mean, we haven't been scoring offensively, so I don't care what's out there. It's it's going to be a challenge for us. Kind of agree with them at that point. Totally. Like Until this Packers offense can start actually scoring points against any defense, can you really feel good even though you're playing a bottom five defense well, in the league? Our, I mean, the offense is averaging like 17 points per game. Our gambler to the stars, Dave Essler, took the Lions in the, th- what was it, three and a half? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I don't agree with that. I think I would play the other side, but I'll say this. I'm not confident in that. No, I mean, side. well, he's he, Dave is a big abider in, you know, I don't want to. What, what was it? I don't want to bet on teams that haven't shown me anything. Like, why would I bet on a team? When and the I, Packers really haven't. I mean, look at some of these defenses that they've played that, by the way, aren't that good. The Vikings, yeah, they're 6-1. and one. Their defense isn't good. They're, I think they're the most fraudulent team in the NFL currently. They scored seven points week one. Yeah. They looked like they didn't even want to be there. Uh, you look at... The fact that they played the commanders whose defense has been at best, at very best, middle of the road, bottom 10, they 15, injuries too. they scored 21 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's not too inspiring The the Tampa Bay defense has been worse than expected. They scored 14, they, 14. 14 points. The, the the Bears defense was worse than anticipated, and it was a team that gave up a lot of a lot of yards on the ground. 27 points. A shell of New England playing with their third-string quarterback at the time. Needed a Mason Crosby field goal in overtime. You needed overtime, 27 points. Yeah. Giants defense, middle of the road, 22 points. Yeah. Now, the Jets defense is pretty good, but... You scored 10 freaking points. At home, at Lambeau, at Lambeau Field. Like, come on. All right, so uh, I guess good for the offense. Christian Watson was back at practice yesterday. 
Matt LaFleur was asked, you know, thinks Watson, could he start and handle the Packers offense coming off of that concussion? I think he's got a really good grasp of what we're asking on each and every play, which isn't easy to do considering the amount of time that he has not gotten those physical reps. I think he does such a great job of being engaged mentally, whether he's in the lineup or he's on the sideline. Well, that's the sad thing about Christian Watson this year. It's like, okay, they loved his intangibles. They loved his size. They loved his speed. They loved his athleticism. They loved his ceiling. But he was a guy that played at North Dakota State. He didn't play against anybody good in college. Like, he didn't have any competition. He was always the biggest, the fastest, the most athletic guy on that field playing Division I AA football. He never played Alabama. He never played Georgia. He never played some of the best kids in the country when when we're talking about draft prospects. There was always going to be a, a... a lot of times a big learning curve going from division one, double a to the NFL yeah. and not only the NFL, it's not like he went to some crappy team and he was like a seventh rounder and he's <laughs> barely on the roster. You went to the green Bay Packers who was projected to be one of the super bowl favorites. Well, not only did you go to the Packers rowdy, you went to the Packers after they let Devonte Adams go to, well, didn't let him, but Devontae Adams went to the Raiders and that what you were the first pick for offense. And they traded up, traded up multiple to get you. Two second round picks to go up and get you at the beginning of the second round where there were other more proven receivers that maybe they didn't necessarily have like the, the exact ceiling Pretty as him, bold. but their floors were so much higher. They would have definitely helped Aaron Rodgers more this season so. than he would have. Like, I don't know. George Pickens was still there. Like there was a yeah. number of receivers. That's a bold mood. Go to Let's see if it pays time. off. Well, And then the other thing is when you draft a guy like that, you're hoping to get him into camp, get him into the training camps, get him into the preseason games, get him lots of reps, knee scope into the sea. Yeah. He gets his knee scoped, misses more than half the preseason. Then you move on to the regular season. All right, we're going to get this guy out there. We're going to get him the very first pass of the season. He drops it. And then doesn't it almost feel like ever since that play, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. That's the Packers season in a, in a, in a, Capsule right there. Aaron Rodgers bombing it down the field. Watson got to dead to rights, drops it, fumbles the bag. Mm, look at what we're doing now. It, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. It's been hamstring. It's been concussion. It's been this. It's been that. That was a guy that needed the reps to get better, to actually yep. improve. He's not getting it. And I'm not writing off Christian. I didn't like, no, the, no, no. I didn't like the pick to begin with. I thought there were other well, we players said this that whole time. He's a, he's a late. He's going to take a while to develop. But I'm saying I'm not ready to just say this kid's trash. He's terrible. Correct. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. Like they were the Packers plan was to bring in these vets, bring in the Watkins, the Cobbs and all those type of guys. The Alan Lazard, who was already there. They were supposed to show these young guys the ropes, stay healthy for the first few weeks of the season, maybe halfway through the season, and then watch the younger guys grow. Because Romeo Dobbs was flashing every day at camp. Remember yep. those headlines every yep. day? Yep, yep. And it hasn't played out that way. Every vet has been hurt, and Christian Watson hasn't been able to stay on the field. You've been left with Romeo Dobbs and, I guess as of late, Samari Toure. We were talking wide receivers there for a little bit. I wanted to talk about Sammy Watkins and the rest of the, the crew. Well, Sammy Watkins specifically because he was in the media yesterday talking about you know, this Lions game coming up. So Watkins was asked, as the Packers are you know losers of four straight, sitting at three and five, uh, rarefied, not in a good way, error for uh, Matt LeFleur as uh, Mr. Cryer, Mr. Eyebrows himself has hit some adversity here. Uh, Sammy Watkins was asked, is this a must win? 
Well, against the Detroit Lions. Every week is a must win in this league to try to get, you know what I mean, ahead of the chains, but definitely a must win. We got to go out there and play hard and play physical and have fun, and I think if we do the small things like the details, we'll be okay. I mean, if you watched that game last week, it's small little key things. All right, so on the loss in Buffalo, Sammy Watkins said it was an eye-opener for him, and rightfully so. I mean, it's... It was on primetime TV. Here is uh, on the loss. We're really a good team. We can put up points. We can play with the best, arguably the best team in the NFL. And um, now is this week to go to Detroit and try to do what we did last week, but get a win and play well on both sides. And um, I think this is the best week to do it, going to Detroit. And the Lions pretty good team, but we got to go and play our game and execute. And I think we can squeeze out a win. So they squeeze out a win. So they can do it. They just got to stick together. If you watched last week, we always had a chance in that game. We played really good, better than we ever played um, this season. So just really got to go out there and will a win. Um, if you watch every game we played, we was up in, whether it was against the Giants, whether it was against the Redskins, and, you know, we found ways to lose those games. So I think we just got to play our game. And when we get up in games, keep our foot on the gas and, and, you know, play to win. I mean, that's what happens every game, right, Rowdy? The Packers, like, will go down and, like, LaFleur's script will work pretty well. And then all of a sudden they just kind of – crumble. Well, speaking of Sammy Watkins, what has happened to you, Sammy Watkins? Didn't it look like he had a little bit of juice those first couple games? Then he hurt his... And then he hurt his hamstring? Hammy. And has he really done anything since? Like, he had a couple of those big plays early in those first couple weeks. There was a couple of those big plays over the middle. And you're like, man, Sammy Watkins looks like he's got a lot of juice. If he can turn back the clocks to like 2019 and we get even that version of Sammy Watkins, that's going to be a big time lift. He had one catch for three yards against the Bills. Yeah. And then the hamstring came. And two weeks ago, in the loss to Commanders, he pulled up on a route. He didn't look fast at all. And then, yeah, one catch, three yards. Sammy Watkins. I, I Randall know. Cobb is MIA because he's got the ankle injury. He's not going to be playing probably for another three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. Al Nazard has missed two games. He was back a at foot, a shoulder. He was back at practice. Limited. Yeah, Watson was back at practice. This it, has been like the the when you say what could go wrong for Green Bay, pretty much everything has. Yeah. Like tell me something this year that's went right for Green Bay. They're not the worst in the league at special teams. They're actually getting closer. (laughs) And what I mean by that is, so I think it was three weeks ago. What has gone right for the Packers? If you looked at the Green Bay Packers and their special teams, they were like middle of the road. Yeah, they were, I think, 11th at one point in the season. That was earlier. And, yeah, I know three weeks ago they were like middle of the road. For overall special teams, not specifically punting, but like when you take into account Every single special teams, kick, punt, return, uh, kickoff, punt, extra points, field goals. I looked at it the other day. Let's just say, Ebo, they're back to the bottom five. <laughs> they're they're not last like they were the last couple of years. But they're trending that but way. But they are, yes, towards the bottom. And it's all because, well, one, Amari Rodgers continues to fumble the football. And two, they are not blocking the punts very well. Like Pat O'Donnell what has gone right for the Packers. Pat O'Donnell. The Packers are actually lucky that Pat O'Donnell is having the type of season punting the football that he is. Yeah, They're making bad history. Now the difference between him and Bohorquez, because remember a lot of people thought le- losing Corey Bohorquez that they were going to lose a lot because he was a guy with a big leg. Well, the, 
part of the problem was the special teams was so bad they weren't actually getting down the field. So when you kicked it 60 yards, the guy running with it got to run plenty of plenty of time but and then set up his blockers before anyone was even getting there and they were struggling and blocking yeah. it at least pat o'donnell is a guy that's more of a coffin kicker directional kicker and and he's punted the ball pretty well he has the lowest hang time and the least amount of time per punt to get off a punt and thankfully he's having that good of a season since but yeah. they started stat- tracking the stat right yeah the gen the next gen it was, stats, since 2018 was, or something yeah it's yeah. been it's a few years yeah. but uh yeah, not not so, good and not not trending in the best of spots. Yeah. Before I get to our callers here, there's one more from Sammy Watkins I wanted to play. Then we'll talk about what Joe Barry said about Darnell Savage, which is just <laughs> maddening. Uh, Sammy Watkins was asked, you know, can one win get you rolling? Can one win get you rolling? I think that's what it is. We haven't got ourselves out in the funk. You know, once you lose one, then lose two, then three, you're kind of in the midst of the chaos and the, the thoughts, the stuff going on in your head. But I think one win would definitely propel any team into winning those extra games and just finding a way to win. I think we haven't found that way, but I think if we get this win, we can definitely find ways to win. And what did Rogers say earlier this week? They got to learn how to start winning again. Well, I, I agree with them, and that's why I wasn't 100% freaking out the last couple of weeks, even though they were losing, because it feels like, if they just changed and, and fixed a few little things, all of a sudden they'd be back to close to what they were the last couple seasons. And even if this Green Bay Packers team, say they ended up finishing 12 and 5 or 13 and 4 like they had the last two, three years, mm-hmm. once you feel at least you felt you had a real shot with the NFC being the way that it was, if they just made the playoffs and they won the division and yep. you're sitting there at 12 and five or 13 and four, even with this team that maybe not quite as good as last year, but you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a lot of the same guys back. It would feel so much different than it's like a struggle to score points and win games <laughs> yet they're And Aaron Rodgers has said it. Matt LaFleur has said it. A lot of people have said it. Their margin for errors for error is very small. But they're committing what twenty percent of mental mistakes out there. They're making too many double digit mistakes mental mistakes to actually win games. And double it's not digit. like see, it's not like in a lot of these games. Like we talked about the Lions. Obviously, they're playing the Lions. Lions have gotten absolutely blown out in some of these games. They're not good. No. Green Bay is in like every single one of these games and just finding ways to lose instead of finding ways to win. We're talking about Minnesota. I said, Hey, I think they're the most fraudulent team in the NFL. They're six and one. They're third best in the lucky ranking. Green Bay's 23rd. Yep. Not good. And it shows. Yeah, it totally does. They have no, uh, you brought up a good question. What, what has gone the way for the Packers this season? Nothing, nothing, nothing that I can think of off the top of my head where like, you know what? Actually, that was way better than it was last year. Cause we were originally, you probably could have said the easy, the easy pick would have been special teams. But in the last four weeks, the special teams rankings yeah. have been cratering because even in their wins, even in their wins, bears, uh, bears, bucks and uh, the Patriots. I mean, they were ugly. They were sloppy. They were like disjointed. I mean, what can you even say in the wins that went their way? In a positive, I way. think the best you can say about the special teams and with how bad they've gotten the last four weeks, the only thing you can say is at least they haven't costed them games. Yeah, they've like come in, close. Like in the last few years, you could easily argue that special teams lost them a handful of games. Yeah, like oh, I know. Uh, here, I can give you something that went the way for the Packers. Amari Rogers was taking a, a kickoff back, and the ball he like threw, 
he like fumbled it forward big time, and it went to Josiah DeGuara who caught it. That went the way of the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. It's I, not good. Yeah, the only thing I think offensively and maybe even defensively, it's like individual players. Ooh, like the, Aaron Jones is yeah, better than he's ever been. They started using Aaron Jones more. There's a, something. Or how about um, defensively, if we're going to look at positives, how about uh, Jaron Reed for the signing that he was? He's playing quite well, but, but again, that's a rotational defensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get yourself a beer after you hear Joe Barry talk? Not to kill more brain cells, maybe to get on his level. Uh, for years, Packers have talked about playing Darnell Savage at nickel. Haven't done it. Now Savage not you know doing too good at the safety position. They say, why not move him? Well, defensive coordinator Joe Barry had an explanation. Do you want me to read it, Rowdy? Sure. <laughs> I think Darnell Savage would be an unbelievable nickel. And we've repped him there at times over the years. But in order to do that, if we're going to move him to the nickel corner position, you got to feel comfortable with putting someone in at safety. So I definitely, absolutely think Darnell has the skill to do that. There's no doubt about it. He can play safety, man or zone. He can play nickel, man or zone. He can. He definitely is able to do that. It's just... We haven't been able to get to some of those things with moving him specifically to the nickel corner position. End quote, Joe Barry. And now I would say that for probably the past two seasons, you've actually seen some of these people that, you know, covered the Green Bay Packers that are experts that have played the game. They've all said that they believe that Darnell Savage would actually excel in the nickel position. I've seen that on Twitter for multiple years. I can't disagree with them, but one of the things that, that I'll say about it is the defense isn't looking good. Like you have, you have to try something, right? You got to change something up. Now, whether you believe what some people say or not, Darnell Savage is not a hitter. He does not play at the line of scrimmage. You look at his profile when he was coming out of Maryland. He was a guy that he was drafted for his, his cover speed. He was, he ran a four, three. He was a guy that was honorable mention and he was all big 10. I mean, he was a guy that was a ball hawking safety that had a lot of picks had a lot of speed and he was good in coverage. He is not the guy that plays close to the line of scrimmage. If there was a guy on the Packers at safety that does that, that's Adrian Amos. <laughs> he was a guy that was built to cover. And you see how much of a wussy he is when he, when he tries to make a tackle. He's a coverage guy. I mean, you saw a case in point when he tried to hit Josh Allen and totally just opted to hit air. And then when him. you look at other options on what they could do, I mean, Rudy Ford's been turning heads on, on the special teams. He's a guy back there that they have at the safety position. Now, another potential solution would actually be Rasul Douglas has played some safety. They even said that they were working him in in practice at times, but they feel more comfortable with him playing uh, you know, outside at the corner position. Do you think Joe Barry just kind of gets up there and he starts a sentence and just doesn't know where it's going to end and just talks? The one thing to me is like, hey, you might have Rasul Douglas that plays the best on the outside, but also Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes also probably play their best football on the outside. Mm -hmm. Someone's got to go in the slot. Yeah. You might have a guy like Darnell Savage that plays his best football in the nickel. But you got to start changing things because you're you you, doing the same dumb stuff. Your team is what your team is. Your defense hasn't played well. 
you aren't going to add any game changers from here on out mm-hmm. unless you somehow get lucky and find another Rasul Douglas off of a practice squad. It's not going to happen. You need to play with the players you have. And if it's not getting any better and you're in the midst of a four game losing streak, why so, don't you start tinkering with different? Maybe, maybe we will move Rasul Douglas for a couple possessions into the safety slot and we'll move We'll bring uh, Savage down to play nickel, to play in the slot. Like, why are you? Why are you not changing things? It doesn't have to be an entire game, but slightly to see how it goes. You have nothing to lose. You've lost four freaking straight. Joe Barry says he could be an unbelievable nickel. Then goes on to say, "Yeah, we're not going to do that. No imminent plans for a position swap. Even it could be in the team's best interest, but that's a no for me, dog." All right, Razor's Edge coming up first. Line one. Who's it, this? Doesn't it just? Isn't it just confusing? It's like, well, it's Joe Barry is. Line one, who's this? One more thing, I'm for the weekend up. Hey, okay. my buddy Tobias and I, you say, we're going to be old. And hey, Miller Light's making a Christmas tree cake stand. Stop Go calling. But yeah, isn't it just like <laughs> it's head scratching how even the coach can straight up come out and say, yeah, he'd say? be phenomenal in this spot. Yeah, but we're not going to do it. But we're not going to do it because, you know what, maybe someone else might get a little out of position. Oh, speaking of not wanting guys but out of position. how we're already playing it hasn't been great. Well, I mean, just case in point of how dumb Joe Barry is, you have a $21 million man in Jair Alexander. They'll never put them on the number one wide receiver of the opposing team. Well, that's the thing. It's like okay, you can take Jair Alexander and you put him on the best wide receiver because you're going to be playing man in this situation. You put him on the very best wide receiver. You then have Eric Stokes opposite of that. Darnell Savage can come and play in the slot. Move Rasul Douglas, who is kind of a ball hawk. We saw that when he was up, man up. He was kind of a ball hawk. Try him at safety. You literally have nothing to lose. I will say, I don't think it could be any worse than what we've seen with Darnell Savage and what the secondary looks like. And if it is, God help the Green Bay Packers. But I don't think I don't think it can be any worse. God help the Green Bay Packers. Because, okay, think about this. God help us. Say it, say it, say it doesn't work. Well, you already signed Rasul Douglas for that three years. Yep. You gave him an extension. You already gave Jair Alexander big time money. Eric Stokes is only in second year. You got him two to three more years if you pick up his contract. You still have all three of these corners, and you got to figure out how to use them, or at least someone does, because they're going to be on this roster for the foreseeable future. Well, you know, Joe Barry ain't going to do it. Matt LaFleur is going to be like, there's no change happening. We love you, Joe. What are you going to do? Just cut one of them? <laughs> Trade them? I mean, they're all pretty good. Speaking of World Series, we got to ask this guy. Oh, this guy's always hitting home runs. Our guy, Raphael. What's up, Raph? What's going on? MyBookie.ag, VSI, Doc Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Doc Sports. You you can bet that, the new venture you got out. Woo! Raph, do you ever sleep, or are you always just setting lines? Uh, always, it's always set lines. Now that I have other <laughs> other uh, books into into the handle, it's it's, it's never stop. It's uh, it's always fun to do crazy research and stuff. So Where are you calling I, from I, right now, Vegas or uh, New Orleans? 
Uh, I mean, it's like now a big weekend here. You got uh, Monday nights, uh, Ravens, uh, Saints, and then you got LSU, Alabama. So I, I'm like, I got to go to the South. Screw Vegas because you got uh, <laughs> Tennessee, uh, Georgia. I'm like, screw the mid. Right now it's cold too. It's really windy in Vegas. So I'm like, get out of here. I don't know. But yeah, some people are like, hey, you want to go to Vegas? I'm like, I want to go to Vegas when it's warm, not like when it's entering like fall and winter. Like, I want to go to the pool parties and go just dominate. Hey, speaking of Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, Georgia favored by eight. What do you think? I could see them winning. I don't see them covering. The only way I think Georgia wins, and maybe, and if they do win, they win like by double digits. It's a low-scoring game. You'll see, make maybe like a twenty-four to ten type of game. But if it's a if it's a high-scoring game, I would not be shocked if Tennessee upsets because I think that defense of Georgia might be gassed out in the second half, just like we saw LSU's defense was gassed out uh, when Tennessee. Uh, routed them. You need a low scoring game if you want Georgia to win. I, I, I love me some chaos. I want Tennessee to upset uh, uh, Georgia, and I want LSU to upset Alabama. Give me chaos. You think um, by when it's all said and done, Tennessee's going to be in the college football playoffs? It's all about this game right here. Yeah. Even though they have some really, really good wins, uh, they've beaten LSU to have Bama. I think they're going to be in. That. Now, Alabama, if they lose, let's say, to LSU, I don't think they're in. Them. I don't care what these people on TV say. There's no way they're going to have Bama uh, jump ship over Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, there's no way we'll see three ACC teams. That's why I want LSU to win because I think LSU of two losses – I don't even know. I they, they can win outright. I don't see them leapfrogging. Let's say TCU if they're undefeated. Uh, Tennessee uh, stuff like that. Uh, Michigan. Help me out here with this right. What if what if Georgia beats Tennessee and then Georgia goes and beats Alabama in the championship game? Would Tennessee then? I know you said they, with two losses you want Alabama there, but would they leave Tennessee out to put an Alabama in? But does that make sense? No. Just because of the wins that uh, Tennessee will have, Tennessee beat Alabama. Uh, Tennessee routed LSU. That's a big victory that people are not talk about. They went to Baton Rouge and beat them by uh, double Rouge. digits. So uh, that's a big, significant win. Raphael, you said something interesting there when you talk when you mentioned TCU, and I want to shift gears to the TCU Texas Tech game. So that line is coming down, kind of money coming in in favor of Texas Tech, which is kind of surprising for me because when I look at that. TCU is a team that they don't really have any impressive wins. And I would feel like, especially with all the SEC teams and even the couple Big Ten teams, they're a team that might need style points. So wouldn't you think that they're really looking to blow out Texas Tech if they can? I I wouldn't I would agree 100% with you, but here's the point. I had Texas Tech last week. <laughs> Played them. Um, they lose. So I'm gonna put. So Texas Tech will upset TCU this week, beat them by 21 to give me the double bird because I had them last week. But I, I agree with you. I think TCU needs some style points. Uh, if they do win this one, I think they route them. I would not be shocked if they win by three touchdowns or more. This is a game at TCU. I think knows that okay, we need a big significant win. We can't have a fourth quarter win and we win by a field goal or something because I think we drop. Uh, Oregon can jump us. USC can jump us. If LSU beats Alabama, they can jump us. This is if I'm TCU. You win. Uh, you win outright, and you win by three touchdowns. Interesting. Um, hmm. Raph, I want to switch gears to the NFL here. Now the Packers in Vegas are usually a big money maker, right? Like, does it, yes. don't people always throw a lot of money on the Packers, no matter what? How, no matter what kind of team they have. So, yeah. what about this year? Is it still getting a lot of money? Is it still getting a lot of action? The green and gold. 
Uh, normally, yes. This week, a lot of Detroit uh, money coming. I don't know. I, I don't know if these guys have seen Detroit play football, or maybe they're a big fan of HBO because they miss uh, Skinamax of HBO back to back in the day. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand uh, why people are playing Green Bay on the road. No disrespect to you guys, but they have not earned my money to be a three and a half road favorites to anybody really? even if this Detroit Lions I, I like Green Bay this week I'm not laying the three and a half that half a point scares me uh, but I, I just can do it with my with my God. money keep an eye out for Cooks for Houston I think if Houston lets him go like it uh, like we saw a couple years ago with uh, uh, with the Rams former I can't remember if Rams wide receiver I would not be shocked if Cooks uh, winds up in Green Bay I like that you brought up Skinamax, Raph. When I was a kid growing up, I had to revert to, like, you could get the cable channels, but it was all, like, grainy and had that weird, like, you know, like gr- green and gray, and, like, you had to, like, squint really hard to see a boob. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, and I know HBO executives listen to you guys' show because that's how popular you guys. Bring back real sex on HBO, uh, people. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Bring back real socks on HBO. <laughs> well, late night, late night. Right, ref, there's the thi- back then though. There wasn't the thing called the internet like it was now. Now you can find that no. anywhere on the internet. So you're good. I know, ref. Just go to still. just go to. You can find it anywhere on the internet. We got when you. I'm, when I'm doing ads at one, two in the morning, I need something else to watch on TV. <laughs> I just miss being a kid and being like, I think I just saw a boob <laughs> as it, like that weird distorted screen. All right, so <laughs> hey, ref. Speaking of uh, strange things. Well, you always like your strange entertainment prop bets. So uh, I have a question um, from a listener here. It was Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship in Saudi Arabia. What do you think? Uh, Roman Reigns is uh, minus 3,000 or higher. I I think I have him 3,000. I didn't want to put up minus 5,000 just because it it looks weird on the computer and no one's going to look at it. Logan Paul's 9 to 1. There's no way Logan Paul's going to win this match. Uh, it's no secret that probably Roman Reigns will probably lose his belts probably the next WrestleMania, uh, but it's not going to be with uh, Logan Paul. Hey, speaking of the Pauls, Jake Paul, <laughs> I, I mean, he won. He beat Anderson Silva. He won. What? How much money did you have coming in on that? Uh, we had some late silver money coming in late, so that, that kind of helped us out. Going the distance helped us because both uh, both fans, MMA fans, were hoping Silver would KO him, and Ball, the Logan Paul fans, thought they were gonna he was gonna get KO. So going the distance uh, was a big money for us. If he doesn't fight Nate Diaz, I, I don't know what it is because that's just a pay per view gold. If he fights Nate Diaz, just uh, the the preamp fights with the microphones in both hands would sell uh, a billion pay per view tickets. So is that's he actually- even. Is he legit at boxing? Is he actually legit at boxing, or like wh- he trains? He, he trains a lot in boxing. That he does. He has. Uh, he t- does a lot of sparring. I'll give him that. Now is he a natural boxer? No. I think if he goes in with any kind of elite boxer uh, out there, I think he he'll lose. And he's fighting people not his weight class. Like Nate Diaz won't be in his weight class. He, that's why I think Paul would crush Nate Diaz. He's taller. He has a longer reach. Uh, this is boxing, not MMA. He, he'll crush Nate Diaz. Now, if he fights, a, a, let's say, a Crawford or someone in his weight class, he gets crushed. It's such a... All so the strange. guys that he fights are guys that, one, don't have a boxing background, two, are like basically grandpas, or three, like, yeah, like you said, they're not even his same size. I mean, the, the, who watches this crap anymore? Everybody watches. We had more handle on we had more handle on a Jake Paul fight than we did on the whole UFC card that's 
And that was yep. a good, and that was a really good card, wasn't it? Like, wow. All right, so wow. This hey. is why the IQ level in the country and the world is going down. <laughs> it's probably from fluoride I, water it, too. It, it, it is, but if you kind of look at the Paul following, it's all social media. So I think he's brilliant, him and Jake, when it comes or Logan, when it comes to promoting themselves. I think they're brilliant. No, they're great at it. Yeah, totally. I mean, they're worth oodles of money. Hey, Raf, are you working on any crazy entertainment prop bets? Like anything wacky? You got any Kyrie? Uh, got, are you got any Kyrie Irving stuff? I had a whole bunch yesterday, and then when he got suspended, I had to readjust. So that's, that's what I'll be doing today. Uh, will he be suspend, suspended again throughout the season? Yes or no? I'll put that prop out. Will he be traded or uh, yes or no? Will he be cut? Yes or no? So I'm going to put up a whole bunch of uh, uh, prop bets on, on Kyrie. So it, it should be interesting. I got it's funny because the Nets owner is big in Alibaba, which is like all slave labor over there too. It's, it's, there's so many new subtle nuances to this whole story that's just wild to me. Yeah, I feel bad because everything we talk about in the NBA is the Nets. Uh, the Lakers are probably happy. <laughs> the Lakers suck. Yeah, the, the Golden State Warriors are probably happy that all the stories are the Nets. But we should be talking about your team in the backyard. Yeah, dude, the I Bucks. Mean, hello. The Milwaukee Bucks have been playing some outstanding, outstanding basketball. And the Greek Freak is putting up some amazing. And they're not even completely healthy. I know. So, it's, it's it's a shame that we have to listen to this uh, Brooklyn Nets crap. Do you think the Bucks will go to 8-0 and after tonight against the Timberwolves? Uh, yeah, I think the Timberwolves are a great team. I think they just need to gel. Bringing two big guys together, it takes its time. Uh, down in the middle of the season, towards the end of the season, I think it'll be a lot closer game, but I think the Bucks win tonight. Wild, dude. Uh, yeah, the Bucks are just free, free of the deer. Oh, ooh, real quick, speaking of M- uh, uh, you know, some really good MVPs, are you guys getting any money on Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks quarterback for like a Dark Horse MVP? Are you doing any of that? Yeah, uh, some of it, but let's face it, uh, it, it's all about the top three quarterbacks. Uh, I know Geno Smith could be in there, but, I mean, it's a great war right now, comeback player of the year, Geno Smith or Barkley. Geno Smith or Barkley, that's going to be a great, great, great uh, thing to watch all season long because either one uh, is an amazing season. Either one, I didn't think they were going to be up there. I thought it was going to be like maybe Jameis or Michael Thomas. I thought the Saints would be much better. I thought they would probably win comeback player of the years. But Geno Smith and, and Barkley is uh, something fun to watch. Hey, Raph, before I let you go, um, I got a great follow on Twitter at you can bet that uh, underscore. Tell the fine folks this new uh, little uh, little thing you got cooking here. I know you already have, but yeah. remind them. Yeah, it's everything, uh, everything you see that I say on, uh, on your guys' air about the crazy bet stuff. Now I'll tell you where you can go get it, where you can go bet it, and where you can look at all those crazy odds. We have nice sections on there. It's all about uh, midterm elections right now, but you got wrestling this weekend. I have some great movie stuff. Getting ready to release the first NHL uh, head coach to be fired. So uh, it should be very interesting. It's, uh, you're not going to find week nine NFL odds, and it's all about the crazy stuff that you don't see or hear about. Awesome. Raph, you the man, brother. Uh, have fun in New Orleans, and uh, Vegas misses you, but crush it on your, uh, your your Saint show. Okay, buddy? I will. Take it easy, guys. Have a great weekend. See, buddy. There is Raphael, VSI Doc Sports, mybookie.ag. You can bet that.com. All kinds of good stuff. Geno Smith or Saquon Barkley for comeback player of the year? Who'd you lean, Rowdy? It's got to be Geno right now. I think I would actually vote Saquon Barkley. Really? And the reason being is... You say Geno's been gone long? It's called comeback player of the year. Saquon was good, got hurt, and he came back. Geno Smith, <laughs> Smith hasn't come back from anything. He was never good. Now, if the if the award was, think about that. if the award was most improved, huh. I think I would go Geno Smith. Geno Smith came back from the bench. 
Yeah, like he didn't. He was never like he came back from getting he was never he was punched never in the face by his own teammate. From anything ago. to come back from. Saquon Barkley came back. He got back to being good. Interesting. I'm thinking I'm back. Most improved. <laughs> Most improved. Geno Smith, hands down.